Hey friends, this is the More to the Story podcast on a special edition where I talk to my brother who's a professor at Asbury University, Dr. Nathan Miller, about his experience with the revival, gives you an inside look. And then toward the end of the podcast, I bring on Dr. Michael Brown. I didn't press record in time, so I hope that you'll be sympathetic with the fact that this is kind of like a patched together live interview. Some of the video didn't always work out perfectly, but we trust that if this is what God needs you to hear, you'll be ready to listen to it and ready to respond to the spirit. If you're interested in things happen in my podcast, you can go to andymillerthe3rd.com. I'm not going to list my sponsors. You can find them on my other podcasts. I'm so thankful for all of them. But this is this is a great moment in the life of the church because Jesus is on the move, and we're so thankful for what he's doing. So here's my short interviews with my brother Nathan Miller and Dr. Michael Brown. Dr. Nathan Miller and Dr. Michael Brown. God bless you. There have been lots of like other revivals. We're very aware of the history of the revival, the 1970 revival, and... Um, uh, so immediately there's like a sort of like you're kind of beset with two things, like two feelings. One is like of some sort of like hope and excitement. And the other one is like just a little bit of skepticism, like right, right. been here before. And sometimes you have these experiences that happen where it seems like people are just trying to make something happen, like almost like they're trying to conjure up the spirit to move again. And I don't mean that in a super negative right. way. Like I have only empathy for people who want the Holy Spirit to move. Yeah, that's right. Um, <clears throat> however, right. like I've been to some, I've, I've stopped into some of these, or I've, I've walked with the same sense of hope and skepticism before, and kind of felt like this is like they're they're trying something, and I I, I admire them, but not been right. overwhelmed by by the presence of God, you know, and maybe stayed for a little bit and left and thought, well, I hope if something happens, Lord, that I'm not cold hearted, and so yeah. we walked into the chapel into the back and was just pretty much immediately struck by just what was happening. And, uh, and for people who are not, who are maybe just getting on to what's happening here in the last week or the last like five days, um, what happened at its beginning was really different from what's happening now and not that what's happening now isn't beautiful or good, but it was just our students and some, some people like faculty members or staff members who support them or have been discipling them around the outside, watching students have an experience with the Holy Spirit that was transformative. And it will like be yeah. treasure these moments as long as I live, particularly when I think back to whatever this has become or whatever it will be remembered as, like that afternoon was a, a real, um, tra- a, an unexplainable beauty is the wow. word that overwhelmed me during that time because like the students that were there like i knew almost all of them or i'd seen certainly had seen all of them at some point um, but i knew many of them and like seeing transformation take place seeing them praying with each other and i'm not hesitant to go and pray with people as i feel led by the spirit i do this at church often or in other contexts around campus but i had just an overwhelming sense that i was just getting to watch something like that i, I was praying for them but i wasn't needed in that space and they didn't need me, yeah, but they yeah. would like to see groups of students praying together and particularly seeing some students that have been beset with such anxiety and such, uh, yeah. um, just dark spirits and just like not, and I don't mean that in a way like sort of demonic, but just students that in this age are just like the, the, the seasons we've come through and the moment we exist. And I didn't right, see a phone right. out. I didn't see a phone out. I just saw people together. And I saw some people wow. just laughing in joy. And I saw people worshiping. And it just wasn't like anyone was trying to do anything. Right. Right. right it's right, like right. the spirit was there. And there was in these chunks of students here and there doing different things. And there was just like a freedom. And I made some eye contact and had a little conversation with Greg Hasselhoff on the, the campus chaplain and like, we we're just overcome. And then about half 10, 15 minutes later, I saw our president who um, is a friend of mine. We were very close before he became president. Um, and uh, we just yeah. spent some time together, just crying and smiling and just almost unable to say much except for like, it's so beautiful. Like, it's just so beautiful. Um, and I stayed there for about an hour and a half till I had to go and pick up my daughter, Eliza from the school bus. So after I got her, I like had some snacks ready for her to go because I, assuming that this wasn't going to be, I mean, no, I mean, I don't think at this point, I don't think anybody was thinking 1970 or like our students just in general do not care one lick about 1970, right? You know, like not that they're not <laughs> now. Sorry to laugh, but it's just like, true. I mean, they're very attuned. Yeah. 
Let me just give a keep, keep going, Nate, in a second. But I just want to let people know as they're coming in because I didn't press record. I just want to let people know what's going on here. That this is a, kind of like a regular podcast I have come out on Thursdays. But I really wanted to get this is my brother. In case you're worried that we sound too much alike, like if you think that's me talking, it is my brother who teaches at Asbury University in the music department, and he's describing his experience here. Welcome in those of you who are able to participate in this. We're so glad to have you have you here. So any so. The, the, you're, but I want to give people who might be coming in a little later that the context that you you know these students like you you know them really well and you know that yeah. like with no disrespect to them they don't know 1970 like they that, they're not trying to replicate they, something they know like it's been like particularly if they've been here a while I mean it gets mentioned it's talked about but they don't I don't sense that they care about it and like I don't I, there was nobody in that on Wednesday afternoon who had any thought of this has got to go for 100 hours or this is just like 1970 like that wasn't anywhere in the room it was just like something is happening here beautiful in the lives of our students and yeah. like nobody wanted to leave and when i left i wanted to come right back and again i brought my six-year-old daughter with me with some snacks and we just like i just we we observed about as long as as the snacks <laughs> i didn't expect that this would be like for her to have a framework but I just wanted her to have in her memory bank, like this thing of seeing like the spirit move like that in the lives of these of people to just know that that was in the realm of possibility in her firsthand experience that when people if they talked about this later or that if she later heard something about revival or an awakenings or anything like that, that she go, yeah, I remember my dad taking me and I remember seeing yeah. seeing people like with an unimaginable joy, like amen. And so, yeah, so I was there for a bit and then we needed, she needed to leave. And so, um, I wish we kind of had a nice day on campus. We went over and one of the biology professors showed her salamanders and we just had like a really treasured day with my daughter there on campus. Um, and so that was my initial experience. And then that evening we had rehearsals. And so kind of told the students yeah. in advance, like, you don't need to come to this, but we're, we're rehearsing. And that's been a posture the right. university have had throughout, despite some things that people have seen. Like the university has never canceled classes. I think faculty have generally had an, had the mind or the, the posture to say, like, if you need to be, particularly last weekend, which was the student thing, if you need to be there, you be there. Like we're not going to hold that. We're not going to hold that against you or count you absent for that. But right. uh, we don't believe that the moving of the spirit prevents us from good work, good study, good the other things in our life that matter. And so we took our rehearsals a little differently that evening. We just had some time for the students to testify about what they'd experienced there. And uh, a few ways we tried to alter our rehearsal just a bit to um, to for the experience of just trying to, like, as a faculty member, trying to disciple and nurture students, giving them a chance to process and where led be able to speak into their lives and a really funny thing happened afterwards after the rehearsal let out there's some people and we have some people who aren't on campus who participate in the group some students from uk and they're like oh i want to go down and check out what's happening and someone came up and said oh it's over and i was oh. like like oh yeah of course i mean i didn't expect that this, no one, i don't think anyone was expecting anything crazy to go on it wasn't it wasn't like right. one of these times where people were like let's try to have a revival yeah it just wasn't what was happening um, and so I poked my head down there and found out that I was like very wrong. And so the 100 or 50, 150 to to 200 students that were initially there when I got there had uh, multiplied many times over. And it was just, a oh, full Lord. Room, if not packed. Oh, I want to mention one other thing, just like the, of the really treasured moments. So while I was there, I got there around 135, 140 and just sat there watching for a while. But I think that one of the things that I'll always treasure most about this experience was that after the one o'clock classes ended, like students had been getting texts, they had been, the, the word had been getting around that something was going on and the students were running to get, get into use. Wow. And that's just not like wow. a, um, that's not something that happens. Like that's just not the spirit. That's not what happens. <laughs> and like the faces, <laughs> the faces of students coming into that room were all, holy expectation they were just wow ready to experience they because they, they knew the, the words that they were getting from their friends like these weren't just coming from i mean there's a and i don't i'm not saying this disparagingly there's a set of students can probably always at asbury who are really bought in and are praying for revival yeah. and are praying for renewal 
and want to see a move of the Holy Spirit. But my sense, they're getting texts from friends that that wasn't the story of. I mean, and I won't mention names, but I saw some of the kids I'd had in classes who are just not getting the experience at Asbury that I'd hope. Who are just like, and like seeing transformation in them and seeing them there weeping and praying. Like the kids that when you're leading music in chapel, never seeing, just pouring their hearts out. Like this wasn't oh, just man. the the holy rollers, the like the the super bought in, and so I imagine that that to me I imagine that had to be it when they're getting texts from their friends who are not that student saying something's happening here, yeah. gotta come, yeah, something must be real, and people were just pouring in at that point, and so probably in that time it probably went from 100, 150 people to three hundred people in that ten minutes, and they just like rushed into the space, and it was amazing, and so I I had to be gone for a conference on. Thursday and most of the day Friday. So, but from whatever the thing I've heard from students and from faculty is that sort of spirit remained. Like Wednesday and Thursday was our students having an experience of renewal with the Holy Spirit. And then, like you had like on Wednesday night, we had kids from our some of my music students I know particularly well and mentor were like going off to UK Wednesday night to go tell people about what God was doing. Wow. And so by Thursday night and Friday, you had students coming in from around and then i think there were alumni who began to come in but by saturday evening like the whole experience had changed and there's so many people that students were kind of getting there wasn't much room for students and we were there with our family for a little bit on saturday night and there were some moments like it's still beautiful but it's kind of scary like you felt like the balconies might come down because there's so many people stuffed everywhere like it just was so i'm sorry i'm gonna interrupt you yeah Forgive me for interrupting you here, um, because I want to hear all this. I do have a, I have somebody else coming on in a few minutes, so I'm sorry to not. But I want to ask one yeah. specific question to get you talking about one thing. And I, I'm coming to you, everybody here from Orlando, Florida, where I'm at a, the Association of Biblical Higher Education. We're about to get our initial accreditation for a, and so like I'm in a hotel room in the. When I ask this question, I'm going to move over and turn the air conditioning off so that maybe the sound will be a little better. So my video is not the same that it normally be, but you gave me some great advice yesterday, you know, thinking about rather or not we should come. And like part of what's happening here is there's a, a what you were just transitioning into was this idea of a pilgrimage, that there's a holy place. And you've compared this to some of your own experiences. And I would I would love for you to give people the advice that you gave me yesterday when I said, uh, when I asked you about coming and um, I, I'm still here, Nate, I'm just going to turn the air conditioning off. So start answering. Yeah. So um, on Saturday, I started noticing things that were, again, when I, we came, when I came back, I was there Friday night after I got back in town. Um, but the people that were coming were no longer people that I recognized from our community or that we recognized as alumni. They were just different. And it reminded me of experiences that I had uh, visiting St. Peter's in Vatican city in that, like people were coming to experience, like they were kind of tourists or again, a better word is pilgrims, like right. they were coming to experience something that they'd heard about and it was holy and it was sacred, but they were, they were not, they had no connections to Asbury. Like up to that point, it'd been like, you'd see people and you'd, people, you know, or you're like, oh, I graduated at this time. Or like, I met this church that's really connected to Asbury. And this just started to become something different. And I've had lots of, I mean, this kind of like all we've talked about around here, other than like our classes <laughs> and other things, it's just kind of all consuming. Um, and it, like, it might be talking about this for the rest of my life. Um, yeah, you probably will be. But the, the thing, one of the things I was really, um, that, uh, uh, sorry, just lost track of, of something as an email popped up on my computer. Um, okay. the, uh, the thing that that struck struck strikes me or the, some of the conversations I've had um, is that theologically, like we recognize that the Holy Spirit is present and available everywhere. Right. Like he's not more available in hues, right? That those who seek him, like we don't serve a God who's playing hide and seek with us. Like he's right. promised that when we seek, we'll find and we knock, doors will be open. Um, and so like, I believe that to be true. Um, but and when I go into Hughes, like it, it's hard to 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 hold that and the experience of it. It seems like something's happening there. And I know yeah. in the Bible that um, that God inhabited some places differently. Yeah. And I don't know why. I don't know what's going on. I can't explain it. Um, 
but I know that something special is happening there. And there's a part of me as the professor who I want to like protect my students. And there are some vulnerable students who are feeling rubbed out or like just like their campus is invaded. We're a small rural campus and there are just thousands of people coming. There are lines of cars. There's traffic. There is just people everywhere. I mean, right now in the rain, people are lined up hundreds and hundreds of people standing in the rain waiting. The other night there was hail. Uh, Famous contemporary Christian artists are asking to come and we're, you know, like we're having to say like, no, maybe uh, the students have got this or famous speakers. I mean, people, people are there. Yeah. And so the, uh, so like my, like one of my things, I'm like, I kind of, I want people to know, like, you don't have to come here. Like, like do it where you are, like find some folks and like, just seek with hopeful expectation that the spirit's going to meet you like it doesn't have to happen here and so there's a part of me it's like we need to get on with the business of discipling our students we need to be sending people out we need to be doing like i know these things we we need to be carrying good news to the poor i know that renewal should be good to our communities and like there's a large part of me that wants to get on with that business and i want to tell people like don't come here like we've got work to do (laughs) yeah yeah i need to grade some papers yeah yeah. and like but when i'm like talking to people who i love i'm like yeah you should come (laughs) you should be like you you should experience it because it's different and then like every day like you just hear like people on campus giving you testimonies of like coming in and there's just little miracles that are happening that are preserving this that can only be attributed to the holy spirit yeah there's like, if I can share one experience, like, so the, yeah. I mean, I think people are aware. You got about two more minutes. So I'll just my, keep my last yeah. a ton of happening with people online with cynics and people who are skeptical. And there's also yeah. people who just want to co-opt this moment for their things, who want to just right. piggyback on top of this thing that's happening to build their audience, to do any of these things. And like, so right, right. And when things started going on Saturday, Sunday, Monday, there are a lot of people coming up who want this experience to look different than it's been, which is like everyone pretty much describes as like this sweet, gentle, like experience with the Holy Spirit. And I was there helping out the front one day, just kind of managing because there's some tensions on the extremes of people trying to push their way in, which is in some ways less now because it's managed a little better as far as like we kind of it's been happening for a while. But I was there with a friend of mine. Yeah, but I don't know if he's been on your podcast, Tom McCall, who's also like a big guy. But there's a guy who came up yeah. to the front and just started kind of like barking he, like, he wanted it to be louder and so he just came up towards the front and started shouting like like just giving which was not the spirit of the place so tom kind of just went to him gently and said you know like that's that's not really been the spirit of what's been happening here like we're glad you're here and the guy got really aggressive and was like what do you mean and then like he just calmed and then he walked out wow and wow. like i've seen that a lot like people who've come in like read and wanting to change it or wanting it to be something different and then recognizing something else is going on. And it's like really hard to understand how, like with lots of voices who like just saying out loud online that they're coming to do things here and that just yeah. not succeeding. And like that sweet spirit, you walk back into Hughes and it's this sweet, gentle spirit. And you're just overcome by like a lot of people described as like just a thick presence of God's spirit, which I would just echo wow. those sentiments. Wow. That's just really beautiful. So you said you're bringing someone else on. I saw someone well, to the couch. Yeah. Like on a, well, like, you're good. You're good. Well, uh, he's not here yet. So Dr. Michael Brown's going to be coming on in just a second. And he's somebody who is a part of the uh, uh, Brownsville revival. We just happened to have him with us this past weekend. We were talking to him about what's going on. I think he has some wisdom to share. Um, I don't know. If you want to hang around, I'd be glad to have you be, be in there with him. I don't know what you have going on now. But again, I'll just let people know what's happening. I have, do you have something going on next? one so i've okay i volunteered to go help help out with just ushering down at hughes because we're strapped in there's just a lot of demands being put on a lot of people so i'm going to be down there from one to 145 so i need to head out then but i'll hang out till about one yeah you go, go ahead and say a little bit uh he's trying to get on another channel so i just need to give him a link so go ahead and tell people like what people might not know coming from the outside what is it that's like a surprise so something I think people aren't necessarily aware of because it's kind of been lost in the shuffle of things is, again, um, I think there's a really beautiful thing about how this started. And so on thir- on Wednesday, talking to a lot of folks as we were processing it immediately that day, something that happened on campus the day before, 
which probably not given as much airtime as a kind of like it was planned late or didn't get announced on time was there was this like remembering circle that took place on campus um just recalling um just the the sins of our past um and thinking about particularly as it relates to race and there's a guy in lexington shay brown who's done this research just like pulling up the old records of the slave sales in lexington and just like remembering this and so and i wasn't able to go because when my daughter got home from campus but a, a, a group gathered in a circle and in just like sort of a holy lament and just like thinking about this sadness and like like not repenting of personal guilt for it but repenting of like and our institution asbury doesn't have a, just a perfect history with with racism and race relations right and in that moment um a lot of people felt who were there felt like the seed of something was laid in that repentance and there's something yeah that happened there and that the next day that the by just coincidence that the gospel choir was singing. Um, and it just reminded me of like these two truths that we find with with how we've, ex- how as a church, we've experienced the presence of the Holy Spirit is that he is with us when we suffer. He's with us when we yeah, l- lament. And like he can hold that and his presence can be there in those moments of real darkness. But he's also with us when we celebrate. And like beyond that, he wants to turn our mourning to dancing. And like he can hold our yeah. darkness. And his light can overcome all of that. And it was just like those, that bit, which in the light of all that's come, I think a lot of people who have come onto this thing as it's become like this place of holy pilgrimage, like don't recognize that bit of our community's history and how that was kind of like wrought out in this moment of like, just like real genuine repentance. Thanks for sharing that. Anyway, I think that's something people need to know um, or be helpful to know. That's great. Those online can see that we've uh, welcomed in Dr. Michael Brown. And Nate, I'm glad to have you stay along. Hey, I'm also glad to introduce two friends. Dr. Brown, this is uh, my brother, Dr. Nathan Miller, who teaches at Asbury University. Dr. Brown, welcome to the podcast. I'm glad for two two people I admire to see each other. <laughs> well, great. So so this is your physical brother and your spiritual brother, yes? yes. Both, indeed. Yes, yes. yeah. Oh, we yeah, got yeah. him. The, the similarities are undeniable. Uh, sorry for the, the bad lighting here. I'm actually teaching this week in Kona, Hawaii, at the at the YWAM base, the University of the Nations. Just an extraordinary setting and atmosphere, an incredible heart for the Lord and missions. And uh, so it's it's glorious here, but the the lighting where I'm saying it's not that perfect. So, so may the light of God's presence overshadow the darkness of the room here. Amen. Well, I'm in a similar thing. I'm doing, I'm at a hotel in Florida, in Orlando. My brother's in truly the holy city at this moment. He's in Wilmore, Kentucky. So it's a rainstorm here right now. So so Hawaii Hawaii sounds nice. You know, just just to, to say this, as I've been so thrilled with the reports of what God is doing. And I mean, the, the, the hand of God all over it from so many, angles it just makes it so undeniable in terms of what god's doing and the fact that there are no well-known names or faces or anything associated with it makes it all the more beautiful but during the brownsville revival i started to write a book on on how to put out the spirit's fire it was basically 30 different things to say if we do this we'll hinder and stop what god is doing i only read i only wrote part of it during the revival but some years later i had this deep sense you're going to need to finish that book. In other words, you, you'll have the privilege of, of being in another wave of the spirit. And, and then I, I began to sense in recent years that God is going to be moving all over. It won't just be one place, but God's going to be moving in thousands of different places all over America. And, and I, I began to say that and write about it. And then as I've been traveling out, uh, actually it was August of 2021 in prayer, I, I felt the Lord speak to me. There's a book we wrote called the Revival Answer Book that dealt with criticism of revival. Why this? Why does this happen? I went through history and biblical foundations and all of that. And I felt impressed by the spirit. Make sure you have plenty of these on hand. They're going to be needed. So I had this growing sense. Something is near. Something is near. And, and then, you know, wrote November about I see a thousand thousands of holy fires all over America to kind of paint the picture. And the end of January on the radio, I thought, okay, I just have to say it. It is so real and clear to me because as, as I've been traveling, I've just been seeing God moving, not because not I'm bringing it. I mean, I'm going to places 
And they're marked by prayer and fasting. They're marked by the presence of God. They're marked by young people flocking everywhere I'm going. And I said, I've got to declare it. So I got on the radio. It was the end of January. I said, the first waves of this great revival movement, the first waves of the sex revival, they're already here. It has already begun. It has started. And, you know, it, it was just so much all over me. And then with all the timing and everything, the collegiate day of prayer, you know, set for February 23rd at Asbury, could God do it again? And, and of all places, you know, one that's just going to get national attention in a way that's so nameless and faceless. I mean, this is God is on the move. And, and not Amen. only not only are we getting the reports of that, that you're all hearing about the Holy Spirit falling on different campuses, uh, one of our missionaries in the Philippines a key intercessor in our ministry texted me the other day. He's got two sons at Lee University. And one of them was in a prayer meeting and he said, 12 hours later, they were still praying and worshiping, no music, just going. So we're hearing all those reports, but now I'm getting texts from pastors in different parts of the country about the spirit falling dramatically at their church services this past Sunday. So wow. it, it's, it's God's on the move. Yeah. And, and Amen. It's just a, it's thrilling to see what God is doing. And again, I am rejoicing. Craig Keener is a dear, dear friend. So we've been getting frontline reports from Craig and, and through Andy and folks at the seminary connected to Asbury frontline reports. So we got to seize this moment. And I'm thrilled with Asbury leadership having the wisdom to just steward and, and, and keep things on the right track. I'm going to have to go in a second. So I'm going to interrupt you before you start talking, Andy. So first okay, of all, I wanted to, I was going to hand it to you, brother. I just wanted you to know. I knew you were leaving. I was going to hand it to you. Craig Keener's <laughs> son was a student of mine. So Craig Keener is David Keener's dad to me. So just throw yes. that out. David Keener is a really beautiful musician too. So people should look him up. Um, uh, just to reference some of the things you're saying about what you're seeing with people. I think one of the things that struck me most by the people kind of coming here on, well, again, what I kind of describe as pilgrimage is just the hunger. Uh, people are so hungry for an experience with the Lord. And like, I think we, like I believe that we even see in society at large, like society is just hungry for the sorts of experiences that that the Lord can provide, that our society is has tried to fill and has been left wanting. Um, and uh, I'm just so grateful for that. And I'm, I'm great, I'll look forward to listening to the rest of this conversation later, but right now I have to go help shepherd people in and through the rain. So really grateful for opportunities to serve and thankful um for y'all's work and uh i'll look forward to listening to the rest of this later but bless y'all thanks bless nate. You. thanks for coming in it's dr nathan miller coming to us he also is the chief banjo player for the revival if you go back and look at the videos you'll see him there uh and it, on top of his other work D dr brown i'm so interested um like so you've written this book and, and you've thought about this you've been through some of these things already the asbury's experiencing some of the tensions that come with this what how help us know like as this movement is moving what 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 do we do I'll give advice to some of the leaders who are in these places right now yes so let, let me i'm going to give a few practical things right off the bat uh let me say some broader things first uh i i am for months now i have wanted to reach out to a number of leaders that i know pastors who have been seeing a steady move of God in their churches for some years. So not okay. on the level of everyone flocking from around the country, or, you know, the, doing the pilgrimage kind of thing, but something steady, God moving for years, growing, healthy. So I finally put it together. I thought, okay, I need to do this. To get on the phone with these guys and say, listen, it's really important. We're going to have thousands of places all over America experiencing revival that never have before. And we're going to have to give some kind of mentoring help leaders steward things because it's, wow. it's, it's easier said than done. So this coming week, I'm going to be meeting with these guys and I, I've got a strategy. I believe we can do it largely online with a coalition of leaders to help, to help steward, mentor, give guidance to those that want it. So hopefully we can provide some really practical outlets for this in an ongoing basis, some relational as well. And I, I got that nudge from the Lord, talked to a publisher yesterday, said, hey, I, I got to finish writing this book and get it out by the fall on, on how to sustain revival or conversely, how to kill a move of God, depending on whether you put, put it negatively or positively. And I had a list of 30 items there. When I, when I wrote my list years ago and started writing the chapters, I then went and, and read Finney's message on hindrances to revival. 
which is right, available right. in full online. And I was struck by how much overlap there was in the list. So in other words, certain principles apply. So folks can read Fenny's long sermon on hindrances to revival yes. as part of his lectures of revival of religion. It's freely available online. That's very helpful. But a few things, and it's all easier said than done. You know, it reminds me of a Mike Tyson quote, the boxer Mike Tyson. Everybody has a plan until they get hit in the face. <laughs> so, I know, think I think many people can resonate with that now. Keep going. Yeah. yeah. Right. So people say to me, well, what would you have done differently at, at Brownsville? I was not the senior leader over the church, but, you know, a, a senior leader in the revival and over the school, etc. So John Kilpatrick, the pastor, had the ultimate responsibility of stewarding and shepherding things. But I said, look, look, it's easier said than done. It's easy to say I would have done this, I would have done that. But when it actually comes, the intensity of revival, because as Leonard Ravenhill said, the opportunity of a lifetime must be seized during the lifetime of the opportunity. And when God's moving in this unique wow. way, you're going to say, well, I'm tired. I'm going to go to sleep. Or people are coming from around the world. You're going to say, actually, we're going to close the building for a week. And so the, the presence is so intense, the opportunity is so unique, the hunger is so great that, that you often get carried away in it. So a, a few basic things that I can say that will always apply. One is you got to keep the main thing the main thing. Why were you praying for revival? Why were you crying out? Why is revival needed? So that, that aspect of getting right with God, that aspect of, of repentance, that aspect yeah. of, of renewal in our own lives must remain central. And what happens when God begins to move, I began teaching this before Brownsville. When God begins to move, you have ditches on either side of the road. The one ditch is the ditch of critical religion. We never did it like yeah. that. That's not God. Yeah. Oh, I don't hear a careful enough message, but that's not. I mean, you already have that. You already have the mockery. Yeah, yeah, no, it's there. Yeah. Which is a good sign, a good sign, because that's going to happen with revival. Uh, on the flip side is the superficial sensationalism, the manifestation mania. You get caught up with the shaking, yes. the falling, the crying, the, 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 the outward display. And, and you look at the critical religion, you bunch of Pharisees. And the critical religion, right. you, you're just you're in the flesh. That's of the devil, and you end up right. falling in a ditch on either side. So the key is wow, keep Jesus central, exalting Jesus central. That's number one. Number two, number two, give room to the Holy Spirit to move. And number three, preach the message of repentance to the saved and to the lost. Let your wow. emphasis be holiness and harvest, repentance in the church, repentance in the world. So keep the main thing, the main thing. Another thing is give what you have received. If you come and are touched, the goal is not to get touched and touched and touched. The goal is to give things away. Uh, I, I had the line stagnating saints soon stink in one of my books that came out months before Brownsville. The, the book ended, the book ended, it came out March of, of 95. The book ended with the words, are you ready? Painted a wow. picture of revival and ended with the words, are you ready? Knowing it was at the door. And then three months later, it broke in Pensacola. So what we have to do is not get into this mentality of, I, I want to be blessed. I want to be blessed. I want to be blessed. Okay, get blessed, get renewed, but now go out and give it away. Now go out and touch the lost. Now, now go out and reach others that need ministry. So because otherwise, especially in our charismatic circles, we can get in these bless me mentalities and just wanting another touch but e even non-charismatics when they're touched in revival you can okay i want another drink i want another drink well keep drinking but pouring out pouring out pouring out yeah uh, another another is to recognize Here, before you get to that point i want to Sorry, I, I wanted to get to that point. I just want to let people know what we're doing right now. So we're here at Dr. Michael Brown. Uh, earlier, I had on my brother, Nathan Miller, who's on the campus, a faculty member there. And Dr. Brown has been through this with uh, been an active part of the revival of Brownsville. And he and I happened to be together this past weekend at a conference that we invited him to present on human sexuality. As an Old Testament scholar, we had him there. But it was so such a wonderful moment because we were able to, many of the people at Wesley Biblical Seminary, half the people there are Asbury grads. And so we were able to kind of 
connect on this on this front as well as a work of the spirit for sure even you're accepting our invitation to come was a, a little bit of a long shot on our part so i've asked him just to kind of give some advice as this movement from asbury is expanding and growing and there are these challenges tensions that are coming so if you're just coming in live with us thank you for being here i'm going to say and now forgive me for interrupting you but i want to get to these next few points too of things that you've already have prepared before this revival came to think to guide people as they're embracing this yeah and we realize every move is distinct and different and yet there are patterns that are the same my book from holy laughter to holy fire america on the edge of revival came out in march of 95 that's the book i, I just wow. referenced it's 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 worth reading now you'll you'll find every word of it relevant people assumed i wrote it during brownsville i wrote it before brownsville but it was based on having been in a shorter outpouring that lasted three months and six days in a church where I was 82, 83, and then studying revival for many, many years, and then seeing God moving in different parts of the world, the same principles apply. The, the same characters seem to rise, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of this. <laughs> so you, you just know what happens. Again, God moves in distinct ways, in different ways, in unique ways, uh, in every setting. And yet there are the same principles that apply. Um, Duncan, Duncan Campbell seconded, seconded this word from Arthur Wallace in his book, In the Day of Thy Power, that if something claims to be a revival and it's not spoken against, check again to see whether wow. it's really a revival. And, and it's easy to, okay, the critics attack in harsh and wrong ways and false ways and exaggerated ways. Well, now you want to counterattack before you know it, you, you, you've lost sight of what God's doing and the beauty of his presence and gotten off track. Uh, on the other hand, you don't, you don't say anything goes and whatever happens is fine. There has to be uh, leadership and guidance. But another really, really big principle is we must guard the flame. We must guard the holy flame that the prayer that births revival is the prayer that sustains revival. The prayer that births revival is the prayer that sustains revival. So when God starts moving, you get so busy and life gets so filled that you can forget the prayer closet, the prayer room. And yet if there is a prayer movement, intercession, that birth revival, that needs to continue and even increase. Leviticus 6, three times the, the Aaron and his sons are told, you must keep the fire on the altar burning three times in the same chapter. And, and there are different reasons for it. I just wrote an article about it yesterday. It'll be a chapter of that new book on how to sustain revival in, in larger form. But I wondered, okay, why is that there? Well, there are several reasons. But what got my attention years ago was that in Leviticus 9, the end of the ninth chapter, Aaron offers up the first sacrifices on the altar when he is officially ordained to the priesthood. And it's his fire came for the presence of the Lord and consumed the, the sacrifices, meaning in all likelihood, the first fire on the altar was divine fire. Amen. So don't wow. let it go out. Sustain wow. the fire. Now, you cannot have what's happening at Asbury on a permanent level any more than any other past revival has, has been on a permanent level. You know, we, we yeah, Brown's yeah. revival was 95 to 2000 and certainly waning by, by 2000. You know, at the height of it, uh, people came, well, overall from 130 different nations and more than 3 million people cumulatively, more than 300,000 responded to the altar calls, different people, not the same ones, different people. Yeah. And, and the lines would form at six in the morning for the doors to open at six at night for the service to start at seven. Then the average service was about five hours long. And, and this went on for years, but that can only be sustained so long. Right, Yet right. as long as that intense fire is there, you've got to guard the flame. And then when it's time to move on, it doesn't mean backslide. It means now keep a steady flame. Now, now continue. Now build on what you had. The great challenge, though, is, and this is a chapter that will be in the new book and one that, again, hindsight's twenty twenty, but I don't know how to do things differently in the midst of it. You cannot overwork yourself that at a certain point, the body fails. My schedule yeah. during the revival, ministry-related work or being in services was 70 to 80 hours a week. 
and wow. you can only sustain that for so long. You know, by by 2000, I I was definitely worn out, and and others were worn out, and so in the midst of this, you think, okay, it's just going to last a few days, or it's just going to last a week. It's just get well. What if yeah. it goes on for months? What if it goes on yeah. longer than that? So somehow there has to be a rhythm. You know, it, it, you feel in the midst of it that your role is so critical that what God's entrusted you with is so sacred that you can't miss a meeting. You can't, you can't yeah. miss a moment. You, but ultimately, there has to be some kind of rhythm. And I think a good thing at Asbury is that you've got different groups of people involved, from what I understand, different speakers. But then even with the leadership, with the oversight, there, there has to be, okay, we need to rest. We need to, we normal right, life right. still has to continue. It's a great, great challenge. Like I say, it's, you know, you're, you're preparing or the hurricane's coming. Let's get ready for the hurricane. You can only get so ready. So that's the great right. challenge. But as things go on, if there's a sense, okay, this is not ending right now. There's a sense this could be going on for some weeks or months. You, you, you you'll burn out quickly. You've got to step back. They're working on that right now. And I, th yeah. I know that that's one of the things that's happened. And also, even there's the outside pressure because, you know, one thing, Dr. Brown, that makes this unique is, is uh, and, and I expressed some of this to you last week publicly, that um, this tradition, the Wesleyan holiness tradition, most of the people who listen to my podcast um, are not anti-Pentecostal, right? But we're also not a place where often the... Uh, the gifts of speaking in tongues are present or there there certainly are healing services and it's it's so theologically in line with that same movement but i think that that is in part and even the the kind of the the way that the, the expression of the revival is peace and shalom and sweetness is draw as well to this group and so they're they're now um it's almost moved beyond the students are trying to protect the students role in all this yeah. and there's outside voices you've warned me a voice and we passed that on and it's been very helpful to the leadership to be able to know and there's some people who are posing like they're there they're they're saying they're not there like asbury has even said they've distanced themselves from certain voices and you might mm -hmm. see people up there who are saying i'm there and this is great well that doesn't necessarily mean that people align and then there's yeah. other people too. One more side, and we—I know we only have a few more minutes with you. But you mentioned Finney. You know, Finney had his detractors too. When you think of Charles Hodge, and maybe there's like the cessationist side. There are folks who are also thinking this is too much of a human effort. Um, I, I know I'm not asking a direct question, but maybe the theological side of people who are saying, "Well, this—they're—they're they're skeptical of it because maybe they're skeptical just of the ability of the spirit to work." Would you yeah, respond so, to some of those Charles Hodge-like yeah, arguments? Absolutely. And and by the way, I can I can, I can go a few more minutes. Uh, it's early in the morning here in Hawaii, so I, I can go I can go a bit longer. Um, if if you can, I can okay. go a bit longer. And by the way, I can go six more minutes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good job on making sure that your bed was nicely made there before the uh, before <laughs> it's the a hotel. Podcast. I wish I could take yeah. credit. <laughs> oh, right. Well, sometimes you're not even conscious what's in a picture when you're in a hotel. So <laughs> good job there. Okay, so Thank you. I, I do not just write off critics and judge everyone as critics. When I see it's unfounded, when I see it's based on wrong theology, when I see it's based on misinformation, when I see it's, it's not Berean, the Bereans, here's what it says in, in Acts 17, they, they receive Paul's words gladly. Like, could it be? Could it be that Jesus is the Messiah? We've got to study this out. That's the Berean spirit. The critical spirit is no way. No, that is not God. I'm going to show you from the Bible it's not God. So if it's a truly Berean spirit, wonderful. You know, wow, it, it, that'd be glorious if it's real revival. But I have questions. Great. No problem. We'll get the questions answered. Right, right. If it's a matter of, that's not going to see revival. It's, it's only going to get worse from here. Oh, it's not going to be a revival at a Wesleyan school or this school or that school or a Calvinist school, whatever it is, because it's not our camp. You know, then, then it's going to be very hard right. for those people to receive. And honestly, Andy, when I hear reports of God moving in incredible ways and they seem real, and I hear the testimony. My life was changed. I got right with God. My cousin got saved. I repented. I got free from this addiction. And then at the same time, I hear, that's not God, that's emotionalism. 
when I hear the two extreme sides, that's when I think this really could be the real deal. Because if it's real revival, it'll have the criticism. <laughs> so yeah. some of it is based on a theology that God doesn't move like this. Some is based on a, on a very, let me say this carefully. It's, it's almost a, a crippled theology that denies the importance of experience and emotion. I had a Jonathan Edwards scholar on right. my radio show a few months ago. He's a visiting professor at Yale now. He's a, a Polish scholar, Pentecostal, multiple PhDs, multiple men. I mean, he's br- br- I don't know how he's gotten all these degrees. He's a fairly young man, but highly respected Jonathan Edwards scholar to the point of being a professor at Yale, okay? And he said for Jonathan wow. Edwards, if there is not an emotional accompaniment of the experience, then it's suspect. You know, the same people wow. say, that's not God, you're too emotional. Well, you're a hooting and howling at the Super Bowl, and you're yelling at the car in front of you when they cut you off, and you're mad, you know, you're getting a fight with your wife and raise your voice. But when God touches you and sets you free and transforms you, it must be a right, righteous response. And it's like, come on, Zane, the, the, the man that's healed in the book of Acts, in the third chapter, yeah. walks in the temple, walking, leaping, praising God. Well, what do you expect to do? It's amazing in John 5 that when, when the religious leaders see, see the man uh, carrying his matter after he's been healed, they don't say, well, you're here, you're walking, you know, by the way, put the mat down, it's the Sabbath. Well, you're healed, what happened? Who, how'd this happen? No, they don't say that. They say, who told you to carry the mat? That's all right. they see. And, and that to me is, I feel very bad for people like that. We, I hate emotionalism. I despise working people up. But I know when you are genuinely touched, when you're convicted of sin, you might weep under conviction. When, right. when you're gloriously set free, you may leap for joy. When you're overwhelmed by the glory of God, you may fall on your face sobbing in his presence. And, and to judge was too emotional, hyper-emotionalism. Uh, you know, the, the word I keep hearing is sweet. It seems a very different environment than, than other moves that I've been involved with. And, and in other words, the moves I've been involved with sometimes have been more Pentecostal and even more outward emotional displays. And I'm thinking, and yet critics are calling Asbury hyper-emotional. <laughs> so what you have right. to say is, listen, we're not going to bother defending things. Let the fruit speak for itself. Right. And, and here's an interesting thing. Uh, there were 12 spies who went to check out the promised land, right? Andy, you're a student of the word, correct? You, you're, you're, I, I you have an academic role at a seminary, yes? yes? All right, name for me one of the 10 spies who said we can't take the land. Can't, can't do it. Name the two who said we can take it. Ah, Joshua and Caleb. All right, who is the chief critic of Jonathan Edwards? Most people don't know unless you're historians. Charles Chauncey, but we all know the name of Jonathan Edwards. You know, yeah. who is Bishop Lavington? You don't know, he was the chief critic of George Whitfield. And, and on and on. I could name the critics of the Welsh revival, critics of this move, critics of that move. You never heard of them because as history goes right. on, they're forgotten. You remember the champions. You remember the ones who believed. You remember the ones who went for it. So yeah. you, you bless those who differ. You don't get caught up with them. You pray that the Holy Spirit will touch them mightily. If there's a valid criticism, thank you. We appreciate it. But you got to get on with the work. Like Nehemiah said, we're doing a great work here. We can't come down from the wall. We can't come down. And, and yeah. the fruit will speak for itself. You know, I'll say this um, in the short time we have. When during the Brownsville revival, critics attacked, it's not real, it's emotionalism. I said, you know, some of these people now, they've been walking with Jesus six months. They've been, well, it is six months is nothing. It's like, well, actually, they, they now went to our ministry school one year later, and they just graduated from our ministry school. That, that's, that's four years now. They've been in the, well, four, well, they've been on the mission field now for 22 years, and now their kids <laughs> are going out as missionaries to other nations. Is that what you would right. call lasting fruit? So the fruit will speak for itself. The change laws, Amen. you're always going to have bad fruit. Every church, every ministry, every organization, every school, you're going to have some bad fruit because you're going to have some aberrant stuff. But look at what the tree produces overall, and the fruit will speak for itself. Amen. Oh, Dr. Brown, thanks so much for coming on. I just want to highlight to folks why we brought Dr. Brown on here. He, he kind of had a sense that there's a fire that's going to be lit across the world. And as, a, as a such, like this is, I'm very connected to the Asbury world. That is my world. Hughes Auditorium is 
And I had so many special moments there in my life. Uh, so that, but I, I, I have a sense too that people need to be prepared. And I thought that these very clear words that you offered would be something that'd be helpful for folks as we're anticipating this mighty move of God, which is happening. So thank you for coming all the way from Hawaii. Dr. Brown, thanks so much for coming on. I appreciate it. We, we appreciate you and your wisdom here. Hey, can I just encourage everyone to download the app, Ask Dr. Brown Ministries, ASK Dear Brown, Ask Dr. Brown Ministries, download the app on whatever platform you're on and start going through the articles, read the articles, uh, watch some of the recent uh, video streams that we've done or, or, or uh, audio streams on how to discern revival or has revival broken in America. So the, the re we've got thousands of hours of free resources, many of them revival related. We have three R's in our ministry, revival in the church, gospel-based moral and cultural revolution in society, redemption in Israel, but everything flows out of a revived church. So we've got tons of free resources for you. Ask Dr. Brown Ministries. God bless, man. Great. Thanks so much for coming on. All right, Enjoy. friends, it was such a blessing to have Dr. Brown here and check out his resources there. I, I asked him to come on because I wanted to get you connected to him. So thanks again for coming to More to Story podcast. Again, this is kind of an impromptu session as I'm here in Orlando as a Wesley Biblical Seminary where we're developing trusted leaders for faithful churches, by the way, uh, are receiving our initial accreditation from the Association of Biblical Higher Education. And I have to go receive that honor right now. So we're gonna finish this up. But if you wouldn't mind sharing a link to this, why do I ask that? This is probably going to do nothing for my regular podcast platform. Like, this is not about that at all, I don't think. Instead, we just want people to know what's happening and to be aware of the way God is on the move in our country. And I just wanted people to be connected to my brother, who's there, and Dr. Brown as well. So hopefully that's helpful. We'll, I'm sure we'll be talking about this more. God bless you. Thanks for coming along. <laughs>